fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today, we visit with Army veteran Jim Artman, founder, owner, and operator of Appalachian Grit, a yard-to-table garden service in Knoxville, Tennessee. Jim's also going to share with us his style of cooking with one of his recipes, and we'll also hear from our friend Fred Sossman from Johnson City with an ode to the green bean. Thank you so much for your good company here today. I really appreciate that you're tuning in. We pretty much are what we eat, and that is the topic of today's program and how food helps or hurts our health and well-being. As mentioned, my guest today is Jim Artman, an Army veteran, owner, and founder of Appalachian Grit in Knoxville, Tennessee. It is, again, a yard-to-table service. One of the reasons that Jim joined the military was to do something with his life that involved a goal that is greater than himself. Jim shares with us how he began to take care of his body through education, food, and exercise, battling severe PTSD, and how that led to him creating his company, Appalachian Grit. The mission with his work is to equip other people to have access to fresh fruits and vegetables for better health and well-being. When we recorded this at his office, he had that Sturgill Simpson LP cutting grass on this huge old 1970s turntable stereo cabinet type apparatus and he was putting the needle on his favorite song grit and how it is not a typical landscape company. Sure, I'd be glad to. Um, 
So Appalachian Grit, I started to uh, help increase access to locally grown beyond organic food. And we have this sort of yard to table concept. So in lieu of doing uh, just regular landscaping work with ornamental species, we focus on natives and edible species. Those come back year after year, and you don't have to keep planting them every year, right? <laughs> That's right. I mean, we absolutely help people with uh, raised bed vegetable gardens, uh, which is kind of a area of focus that I'm working with right now, uh, just to kind of help get people started and used to being out in their yards, growing their own food. Tell me more about that. What do you mean, Deluxe Raised Bed Gardens? So we already build uh, a lot of raised beds uh, out of wood and the corrugated galvanized steel. Mm-hmm. And I see from some of the gardening groups that I'm on on social media, a lot of people asking about that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, very interested in raised bed gardening. Um, I think it's a good sort of entry-level way to get into growing your own food yes um and it's very suitable for older folks or people that have back problems that don't want to bend over you know kind of brings things up to where it's easily harvestable mm-hmm. it looks really nice so it's aesthetically um a pleasing you don't have to deal with weeds encroaching as much uh it's a, a, a decent barrier to uh, things like rabbits and stuff getting in there and and eating your vegetables. So um, that's kind of where I want to focus, you know, like just to get people started. I feel like raised bed gardening is sort of maybe the gateway drug to some of the more uh, intensive stuff that we can, that we can provide, which is also beautiful and very productive but maybe overwhelming or cost prohibitive for some people that just want to start growing their own food. But we can also provide more services uh, and more types of species like fruit trees, fruit bushes, and uh, all the supporting species to help them grow sustainably. And we do all of this without the use of any kind of chemical fertilizers, Uh, or pesticides, herbicides, things like that. Like I said, beyond organic, regenerative agriculture, permaculture type things is our guiding principles with uh, the systems that we produce. How did you start Appalachian Grit? I started it uh, with basically no money. I just decided that I was dissatisfied with my life and wasn't going to be happy until uh, I started this mission. So one of the first things I did was get online and see if there was anybody else in the area that was interested in permaculture. Uh, And for your listeners that may not be aware of what permaculture is or means, uh, it literally means permaculture, like permanent agriculture, uh, which is a systems thinking approach to developing food production systems that mimic nature. I found the Sustainable Future Center in uh, South Knoxville. They had mentioned, you know, permaculture on their website. I'm like, oh my God, really? This, you know, in Knoxville? Because I was so used to people not knowing what permaculture was because I've been studying this for over 10 years, you know. And so I met David Bolt, who is the founder of that place. Uh, Sustainable Future Center is a is a nonprofit that is really focused on bringing sustainable agricultural awareness to the area. 
And they have their own little permaculture-esque garden startup going on over there and have AmeriCorps volunteers uh, helping, you know, run workshops and stuff like that. After speaking with them, I they asked if I would like to teach a class. So I was like, yeah, I have a PowerPoint already put together on mushroom identification. They're like, great. Would you come and teach it? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And after the class... One of the people in attendance approached me. She was like, you know about permaculture? You know how to do it? And I was like, yeah, I know how to do it. I think. (laughs) I haven't done it yet, but I know all about it. (laughs) Uh, She's like, well, would you like to come play on my yard and practice and help me? Because I've been reading about it for a while and love to do it, but don't know where to start. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of where I got started. You know, her property was out in Harriman. Her husband was uh, not very interested in her tearing up the yard. (laughs) And so I wanted to make sure that not only was it functional, but looked good as well. And that's been definitely what I do with my business now is, you know, combine aesthetics with functionality. So that way it doesn't just look like agriculture in your backyard, you know. (laughs) You know, I started that, worked on the weekends, just coming out there. Then from there... Um, it just kind of, you know, found another client, found another one, um, and off I was. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and today we're visiting with Jim Artman, founder, owner, and operator of Appalachian Grit, a yard-to-table service located in Knoxville, Tennessee. Let's take a short break right here. I'd like to give you some background on Jim, which makes this story and his mission so meaningful. Jim Artman served eight years in the military as an Army sniper, and following his military service while in college, he began to experience symptoms of PTSD, including chronic depression and suicidal thoughts on a regular basis. Next, we'll hear from Jim in his own words how he regained his own health and well-being with nutrition, exercise, and reduction of chronic inflammation in his body, and how the quality of all areas of his life and body dramatically improved. Jim is passionate about the importance of nutrition and how healthier foods can transform lives. His mission is to equip people with access to healthy, organic fruits and vegetables, and he's especially passionate about helping people in the community with limited access to these sorts of foods, and he has a special place in his heart for creating these food gardens for long-term care facilities in our community. This is personal to Jim after having experienced his beloved grandmother exist on an institutional diet, heavy on processed, salty, starchy, low-budget foods with low nutrition levels, and limited access to fresh fruits and vegetables. He really believes passionately that all of us have better health and lives with more nutritious food, and this is the driving mission of what is behind everything that he does with his business, Appalachian Grit. And a note, Appalachian Grit does not advertise on this show. So here is Jim's personal story. So food really helps our bodies heal. Is that part of what influences your work? Yes, absolutely. Think the, thanks for asking that question. Um, I, for me personally, I after getting out of the military, 
um, was dealing with a lot of combat stress and uh, was fortunate enough to discover functional medicine, which really is food as medicine, root cause medicine. And I went down this rabbit hole of nutrition and it dramatically changed my life. I was in a state of chronic depression, uh, having, you know, suicidal thoughts regularly. It was terrible and it was very debilitating. Uh, so I had definitely feel for all those people out there that deal with depression and anxiety regularly. Um, but one of the things that I learned is that, um, you know, if our bodies are inflamed, it doesn't always only just result in cardiovascular disease or diabetes, but those things also affect the brain and your resiliency to the effects of stress. And as I began to improve my nutrition and reduce the inflammation in my body, all of a sudden, my depression was gone. And all the things that I was, you know, had inside of me that I was motivated to do became so much easier to do. And my quality of life improved dramatically. And my self-worth improved. And I had so much more energy to then help other people. And so I'm very passionate about this because I know that so many people don't have access to healthy organic produce and uh, maybe not really aware of how powerful that is to um, affecting your life uh, and creating like for me massive transformation say you're just in the midst of that horrible depression and you're just where did you begin it's difficult when you're in that state yeah you know it's, it's it almost becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You feel so poorly about yourself and your condition, and you're like, I don't want to take care of myself, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we have all this cortisol coursing through our veins, uh, you know, the stress hormone, you know, which also has a negative impact on our eating habits where we stress eat, you know, and eat junk food, things we know that aren't good for us which perpetuates, you know, everything. So for me, how I got started was I was just sick of it. And after reading and educating myself from people like Dr. Mark Hyman, the director of Institute for Functional Medicine at Cleveland Clinic, reading his books, listening to podcasts like Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey, where he interviews uh, professionals in functional medicine, uh, successful people like Tony Robbins, there's this common theme that in order to be successful and happy in your life, one of the main things is you have to take care of yourself. And nutrition is a huge part of that. Nutrition, exercise, and gratitude, I'd say, are probably the, the three primary things that I became aware of in order to regain control of my life. And, you know, we're all at different at points in our lives with different types of resources and... I just want to make this stuff more accessible to more people. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and today we're visiting with Jim Artman, founder, owner, and operator of Appalachian Grit, a yard-to-table garden service located in Knoxville, Tennessee. 
Jim is also vice president of the Tennessee chapter of a national organization called the Farmer Veteran Coalition. In November, the Farmer Veteran Coalition will be hosting a conference in downtown Knoxville with presentations, farm tours, networking events, and how the Farmer Veteran Coalition can help veterans who want to farm navigate the process and connect them with a wealth of national resources. This is something that Jim is very passionate about, and in a few weeks, I'll have a show upcoming dedicated to the Farmer Veteran Coalition and the important work that they do. I've placed links to Jim's business, Appalachian Grit, and Farmer Veteran Coalition, pictures and stuff like that, on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. And a note again, Jim Artman with Appalachian Grit does not advertise on this show. Are you wondering what sort of food Jim cooks after a long day? I was curious, so I asked him. I wanted to drag a recipe out of you, which is not hard. I didn't realize you were a chef, too. Yeah. Food has kind of come full circle for me. I grew up cooking uh, as a young boy, loved it. Uh, Shot my first pig and cooked it with my grandpa when I was nine years old. Uh, my mom was terrified when she found out that that's what I was actually doing when he came to pick me up. <laughs> so I've I've been in love with cooking, you know, ever since then. And, you know, and then moving into the functional medicine space and using nutrition to heal my mind after being, you know, in war. Um, and then understanding the importance of having a really healthy relationship with your kitchen and having an awesome pantry and how that contributes to your success and sustainable, healthy lifestyle choices. Um, I mean, if your health is bad, you know, that's your number one problem in life. You know, all the things that you would aspire to do uh, are seemingly out of reach. You know, it's hard to have the energy to pursue more. Even for, even like for parents, like just to spend time with your kids, you know, at the end of the day, like, your health is bad like that's probably not happening and then of course all this is perpetuated in children's diets they get addicted to sweets if they finish their meal which is most of the time processed food (laughs) so box complete um but yeah it's uh it's really important gosh it is how about it's wednesday it's been a busy week you're hungry you you don't want to eat something that's going to make you feel bad do you have a kind of a go-to recipe at your house that you like to, to cook? Yes. Well, uh-huh. so I have more of a cooking theory. It's called whatever's in the fridge. Um, but in order for that to be successful and healthy, you have to buy healthy stuff. You know, um, If you go to the grocery store and you buy nothing but fruits and vegetables and whole foods, and when I say whole foods, I mean foods in their original form. You know, clean sources of meat, um, all that stuff is very important, not just for environmental purposes, but also for your health. So if that's what you have, and you have an awesome pantry, which is another very important piece, you know, all the spices that you can think of. You know, a lot of times when I'm cooking, I'm like, where in the world do I want to eat from today? You know, do I want to eat some Middle Eastern food, something from India, something Asian, Thai, South American, Central American, <laughs> you know, I can kind of go all over the place. Greek, I like to do a lot of Mediterranean type cooking. And so I'll have all those spices and herbs, a whole bunch of different types of healthy oils, good mm. clean sources of fat. 
uh, are very important for your diet. Things like olive oil, coconut oil, sesame oil, and then lots of vinegars. You know, balsamic, red wine, apple cider vinegar, rice vinegar, whatever, champagne vinegar, because I make my own salad dressings, which is a lot of fun. Standard recipe for me for a salad dressing is lots of healthy fat, a certain kind of vinegar, some kind of fruit, some kind of herbs, and some Dijon mustard, and just throw in a blender, and it's incredible every time. Uh, Yeah. Super easy. Back to the theory, whatever's in the fridge. If you have your pantry set up that way, and you have a half an onion, some minced garlic, a bell pepper, some broccoli, uh, three radishes, and an avocado, (laughs) you can cut all that stuff up, throw it into a bowl, and pour all your fat all over it. Um, let's say we're going to make this sort of a uh, Mexican, Latin, Latin American sort of inspired flavor. Uh, pour some chili powder all over there, some cumin seed, mm-hmm. uh, a little smoked paprika, whatever kind of vinegar, red wine or rice vinegar or something like that. And just fold that cilantro, fresh cilantro is good in that. You just mix it all together and eat it and it's... Fantastic. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and we've just heard from Jim Artman, founder, owner, and operator of Appalachian Grit. And he shared with us the type of food he typically cooks to keep him healthy, productive, mind, body, and soul. And again, links to Appalachian Grit and the Farmer Veteran Coalition and a few pictures of Jim along with his dog Bucky at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Just one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. Next up is our friend Fred Sossman with a short story in adoration of green beans. Kentucky Wonders, Half Runners, Turkey Craws, Greasy Cut Shorts. Just the terms themselves conjure summertime memories. Green beans are among the land's most precious gifts this time of year. If you've ever broken a bean, you'll never forget the snap and then the ping that you hear when you toss it into an enamel pan. Green beans snap and ping are two of summer's most unforgettable sounds. I've heard people talk of breaking beans all my life. My parents broke them, they tell me, the day before I was born. The breaking always brought forth speculation on how weather affected the thickness of the bean strings and talk of long-forgotten varieties, like the Myers family bean of Greene County, Tennessee. Never trust a stringless bean, I was always told. There's a rhythm to the breaking of the beans and a ritual of fan-swept front porches, antique pans, scallop-shaped metal chairs, and newspapers in laps. In the 1930s, when my grandmother heard the engine of the produce truck echoing off the pavement of Carson Street in Greenville, Tennessee, she'd grab a pan and head to the house of the buyer to offer her services as volunteer bean breaker. No compensation or trade for labor required. 
Green beans brought out the best in folks. They still do. My father always said, the more green beans you gave away, the better your plants produced. My friend Bill Best, a North Carolinian who now lives in Berea, Kentucky, knows more about green beans than anyone I've ever met. Bill's a seed saver, preserving what we've come to call heirloom varieties. He told me once about a noble bean, probably named for a family, but also, I'd like to think, for its character. This bean once traveled from West Virginia to Oregon. The great-granddaughter of the man who brought the bean to the Northwest sent Bill some seeds that were not germinating. They'd been in a container for about 20 years. Meticulously, Bill Best coaxed six seeds out of 100 to germinate. All of them died but one. From that one plant, he saved 11 seeds. If he's lucky, he says, he's helped bring this bean back from extinction. Green beans are as resilient as the mountain people who cherish them. Archaeologists tell us that green beans have been growing in the Appalachians for at least 1,400 years. These were cut-short varieties, with beans so closely packed that they square off on the ends. Cut-shorts were highly prized by native peoples because of their high protein content. They're still prized today. So are greasy beans. In fact, Bill Davidson, owner of Davidson's Country Store and Farm near Rogersville, Tennessee, calls them the green bean connoisseur's green bean. And they're named not for taste and texture, but rather for their slick, oily-looking appearance. As green beans go, they're finicky. If the temperature reaches 70 degrees at night and stays there for a while, they can abort their blooms. No matter the variety, in the kitchen, green beans adapt well to the speed of the pressure cooker or the slower pace of the Dutch oven, to the opulence of fat back or the prudence of olive oil. They freeze, they can, they pickle. And for those unbroken, they dry and rattle, threaded onto a piece of string as leather breeches, their richness to be reconstituted in water long after the growing season has ended. Those backyard under the maple trees bean-breaking sessions attracted neighbors, grandparents, and cousins, brought together by the immediate promise of green beans and new potatoes right off the stove, as well as the hope of a warm-weather meal and memory come winter. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Saussman. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at theemmysunshine.com. We hope you have a good week, 
and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.